0: What is up, you guys? Welcome back to the Ag State of Mind podcast, a proud member of the Global Ag Network. I am your host, Jason Meadows. Today, I am going solo yet again. We are going to get back to our regularly scheduled interview podcast, I promise, very soon. But I really appreciate you guys, in the meantime, allowing me to kind of indulge a little bit and talk about the things that are on my mind, how they relate to physical health, mental health, all the well-beings and just thoughts throughout the week and how it's impacting me and how it's really kind of shifted my mindset, shifted my focus. And I want to talk about a couple of posts on Instagram from the past couple of weeks. And they both have to do with diversification. The first one came from a couple of weeks ago with Katherine Mincer. She's Everyday Illinois Farm family on Instagram. And she had a post about how someone said they checked out her page and they disagree with her. And uh, I'll just read it out loud here. I, I feel I have the voice to say this as I'm transitioning my own farm for, to more regenerative methods. And my husband worked for one of the big ag companies for many years. Uh, we cannot continue to farm the same way and expect different outcomes. This is not the farmer's fault, rather than a lack of education and disconnect from food on our current society. Wow, I just don't so. What this kind of spot, and I appreciate uh, I appreciate Catherine's transparency, openness, and sharing this because it got some wheels turning with me. And the ag space is way too big to be putting one another down, regardless of our methods. We can disagree on methods. We can challenge one another on methods, but. There is so much going against all of us as is from outside the industry that we cannot be fighting within. And there is this constant push and pull battle between regenerative ag and more conventional And, you know, I'm somewhere in the middle. I probably lean a little bit more to the regenerative, not a little bit more, probably a lot more to the more regenerative side of things. But I also see that there is a place for everybody at this table. And I'm going to give you just a little bit. It's just a little bit of inside baseball. I have some really good friends who I'm in a text messaging group who we've all just, we've all become friends, mostly over social media and there are, there's one guy, Quentin Keneally, he's more conventional, more beans and corn type guy in Nebraska. But we, there's another guy, Nathan Brown, over in Ohio. He does more no-till stuff, cover crops, uh, much more on the, uh, what we would call a regenerative side of things. But we're still all good friends. We can coexist. We poke fun at one another for for certain things. We you know, can kind of, in good fun, tease and joke. But at the end of the day, we all realize that we are on the same side in this battle. And I, I find it disturbing when people always go to the defensive and start fighting about things, especially within the industry. That doesn't do anybody any good. I was on what I'm thing I'm really into right now is clubhouse and joining in on conversations in clubhouse and what clubhouse is for you, those of you who are not familiar, it's a like podcast slash Twitter, if you will. So it's like an interactive podcast medium sort of thing. It's podcast meets social media. It's really cool. It's a really great way to network, especially right now when there just aren't as many networking opportunities as we're used to. And we had this discussion within a group on, and I apologize right now, cannot remember the gentleman's last name. First name is Jeff. And he is from Colorado and is running a more direct-to-consumer-based uh, beef operation. And he talked about this too, about how he's a good size direct direct-to-consumer. They put out, I, I can't remember the numbers, I'm not going to say them off the top of my head, but a very substantial number of beef, of direct-to-consumer marketed beef and just his good size operation that can barely feed a an entire community doesn't really even not even enough to f- to feed an entire community so with that being said there are, there are, there is room for all of us and I talk about this sometimes and especially I talked about it within this group that, that I'm mentioning and uh, I'll share it with you is is a scarcity versus abundance type mindset and so many when they go into this fear based marketing to you know the other side is against us type thinking they are operating from an, a scarcity mindset and instead we should understand that There is enough to go around. There's enough consumers to go around. It's not to say we shouldn't be fully transparent. We shouldn't go out and meet the consumer where they are. But there is enough at the end of the supply chain for us to not demonize someone who does things so differently than, than we do. And. There is also so much nuance. It's not a black and white type world within agriculture. I said to myself, I do lean more towards the regenerative side of things, but that doesn't mean that I don't do some more conventional type practices. Right now, we still do cut all our own hay. We don't graze everything. We do harvest some of our feed and store it for the winter off of our own land. That's probably a more conventional type thing. It is something I want to get away from, but it is something that we still... Still do. I do grain finish some beef still. That's probably not in line with a lot of more regenerative type places, but I also understand that there is a market for it right now but I am also going more towards more grass-finished beef as well. So I mean, there's there's so much nuance within agriculture that we can't just put everybody within a box. Uh, my friend Brian Mose, who was also on the podcast a few months back, he's a prime example of this. They own a feedlot, a family feedlot up in South Dakota. And I think whenever most people think of feedlot, or not most people, I shouldn't say that, but people outside the industry think of feedlots, they think, Of uh, they they it's the factory farms type picture that's been painted and they don't care about the environment. Well, let me tell you a little bit about my friend Brian Mose. Brian, him and his family operation, a feedlot in South Dakota, they've won environmental stewardship awards because of the work that they're doing on their feedlot so i mean that's just that just is a one small example that goes to show you that there is incredible nuance within the industry and that even though somebody may do something that we may not agree with or doesn't work or or we don't feel is beneficial to the industry doesn't mean that we should demonize them we should focus on the things that we ourselves are striving to do right and shy away from the things that others are are doing wrong now that's not to say that we shouldn't point out the wrongdoings the blatant wrongdoings of someone and hold them accountable we should absolutely but um, I think we need to be looking for more common ground more that brings brings us together more that unites us than what divides us and so And then just to move this, and this is diversification, but in a different way. And just today, just right before I started recording this, I saw a post from my friend Kylie Epperson, the Grateful Farm Wife on Facebook, I'm sorry, on Instagram, all across social media, that's where she is. And she talked about diversification within our farm operations. And she said something at the end there that really struck me. And it says diversification can look different for all of us. And sometimes that diversification looks like off-farm income. And that's a really incredible way to look at it. We've talked about that with Benjamin Gottschall. We talked about that with Tyler Keckley on the episode. How diversification doesn't isn't just about... On diversification on the farm, uh, we I think sometimes we feel guilty. I know I do, and I know Tyler has talked about that. Him and I have talked about this as well off record. We feel almost guilty because we we don't farm or ranch full time, and we feel like we are somehow less than because we that's the way we do things, and that is not true from this diversification standpoint. So what Kylie was talking about is they diversify through use, they raise both crops and cattle, or I'm sorry, crops and hogs. And you know, when one goes down, it's usually better for the other one and vice versa. And that's not that. I mean, that's, that's what they do, but that can be seen in the same light as us having off farm incomes. And You know, there are times where a cattle operation can sustain more of your lifestyle than it can other prices. We're at other times, we're kind of at the mercy of the markets. But when we have this, that steady off farm income, then that's, that's an incredible thing. And there's nothing that should be felt bad about for it. Uh, Nobody should ever make you feel bad for that. So, you know, that's something that really hits home with me. And I really appreciate Kylie's being, you know, kind of putting that out there because uh, there's room for all of us at this table. We all play a part in feeding the world. We all do it in different ways. Not one operation looks exactly like the other one and that should be celebrated. The diversity within the industry should be celebrated. No matter what makes us diverse whether that be the color of our skin, whether that be the type of operation we have, no matter what makes us different, we should celebrate those differences instead of diverse. Demonizing them, And, you know, that's how we're going to become more united front and show how we as an industry can come together and can have this united front to to give to the consumers to show that we are do support one another. And you know, we can feel good within this industry and we can do good things within it because we are all together in it. So, uh, I know that was a little bit of a rambling there. So I appreciate you guys sticking with me on this. Leave me a review on iTunes. So let me know what you think. Leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram too, uh, on this podcast. We really appreciate the feedback. We will get back to these regularly scheduled episodes very soon. Um, I'm, really looking forward to some of the guests that we have coming up. Um, I have some scheduled guests that have already been recorded that are just really dynamite people. So looking forward to it. So, all right, I will see you guys next time. Thanks again for tuning in to the Ag State of Mind podcast. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.